Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're a fan of the show, please help us out by subscribing on Spotify. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. Every download really does help, so thank you so much for keeping this podcast going. Hi, (laughs) I'm Bill, and I absolutely love old video games. But I didn't have anyone to play with, so I decided to start the Super Switch Club. That's right, a podcast dedicated to discussing and reliving the nostalgia of retro video games that are also on the Nintendo Online Virtual Library. If you don't know the theme song, then go play Tetris because somehow you're listening to this and you've never played Tetris. Here we go. Hey folks, this is Brett from Skeleton House. This is Ben from Dragoon Effect, an audio-only Let's Play podcast that cares about your mental health. Hey, this is Zach from the Neatcast, Effing Cultured, and Podcasters Assembled. What up, everybody? This is Scott from The Scott Spot. I stream over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the underscore Scott underscore spot. This is Eric Slater from Epic Fails of History, Too Young for This Trek, and Podcasters Assemble. Hey everybody, it is Kazla25. I'm a YouTuber and Twitch streamer. This is Frost. Hello, my name is Douglas Gale, co-host of the Xbox Game Pass podcast called Game Game Pass. And we're here for the 1984 Game Boy Classic, Tetris. 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 Tetris Tetris on the original Game Boy. Talking Tetris. That's right. It's all about Tetris. The the game with the blocks in it. Yeah, I don't really have a whole ton to say because it's it's Tetris, dude. That fall down and you... They stack and you get rid of them for points. It's something even the the common person knows what that is usually. Very bummed that I missed out on the Game Boy handheld nostalgia episode, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to miss out on Tetris. Um, how, how do you describe Tetris? It's a game where you drop blocks down a hole and then the blocks go away if you're doing good. I understand why we made Tetris a single episode because it's like, what... What can you even say about Tetris? If you're not doing good, the blocks, they keep on coming, dude. Different colored shapes fall down the screen, and if they reach the top, that's the end of the game. Is there anyone out there who doesn't know Tetris? Everyone knows what Tetris is. The blocks fall from the sky. You got to organize them to, you know, have a, a complete grid without any holes in it. It gets rid of the rows, and you just keep going and going until... You either lose? Well, I guess all Tetris matches eventually end in loss, right? And so the goal is to eliminate as many rows as possible or to get as high a score as possible. So there's kind of two different ways to play. I don't know. There's just something cathartic about making lines and having them disappear. And I wasn't necessarily even going for like high scores, but I just... I love playing Tetris. They do go hand in hand a little bit, although there are some strategies involved. I don't know if I had any strategies to Tetris. Again, I wasn't that great at it and I didn't play it for long periods of time. I just would play here and there. Where you intentionally stack up non-completed rows as high as you can because there's a bonus for eliminating multiple rows at a time. And I never really stacked the blocks up to get more and more points because uh, the more lines you got rid of, the more points you would get. I would. I was just too afraid of my screen is going to fill up with blocks. I gotta. I gotta get rid of all these lines as fast as possible. Every time you make a full line, boop, it's gone. And the line Tetris piece, which is four blocks tall and one block across. I know a lot of people talk about that, like that feeling you get when you clear four rows at once because you drop the tall, skinny one and and. That's usually the way you do it, and then get, like, four to disappear. I would frequently be getting rid of lines and not letting them stack up, because I think whenever I tried to let them stack up, I just would screw up the game. I would f*** something up, and before you know it, oh, God, game over. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. I'm not good at Tetris, um, which also doesn't really add to the enjoyment. I panic really easy, like, one bad shape, and then I'm just f***. 
I'm just throwing shit left and right, and it piles right up to the top. Um, routinely, I don't get much further than... If I start from zero, I'll get up to, like, I don't know, level four or five, maybe. When you slide that in for a quote-unquote Tetris, uh, you get the maximum multiplier. It's gone. Which is fine. Um, I have had that happen. Not that special. Actually, my dad probably doesn't know. He doesn't really know what a podcast is either. He just knows that his daughter loves to tell stories and tell stories using the computer and the internet. So, yeah. This may have come with your Game Boy when you when you purchased your Game Boy or your parents technically purchased your Game Boy because a lot of us just didn't have money back then. So real quick, I did some playthroughs. Uh, I did both the NES version and the Game Boy version. Just a quick difference, a uh, couple of quick differences. One, the major difference is that the processing power on the Game Boy is such that when it clears a line, it takes an extremely long amount of time. So you're really, you really benefit from clearing lines uh, because it gives you time to think on the higher levels uh, so you can sort of look at the next piece coming. Uh, you effectively have these four block pieces uh, that are, I think there's like five different combinations, maybe six. What I really like is when you can like have a piece where it touches and then you still have that extra second where you can juke it over to the left or the right to squeeze it into a spot perfectly. That's pretty nice. Uh, but you're they're slowly falling down and you have to line them up to complete a complete row all the way across. Uh, and once you do that, that row disappears and everything else falls down. Uh, almost never happens for me. Again, I think I've mentioned that I'm not that great at this game. Every 10 rows you clear, the speed of the rate that the blocks fall at increases. So you have to weigh the fact that you might want to build up uh, rows as high as you can to wait for Tetris pieces to get your maximum multiplier versus how fast those pieces are going to start falling. So usually early on, if you're playing on a, on a slow speed, maybe you... Uh, Maybe you, you get a little crazy and stack up some extra some extra pieces, but um, later on, uh, it's basically just survival uh, as they start to fly down, especially when you get into levels, you know, 15 through 20 and, and higher than that. So you get a little get a little crazy. My first Game Boy actually did not come with Tetris. Mine came with Super Mario Land, right? Land was on Game Boy, so I didn't get Tetris till a little while later because... You know, Tetris was all the rave. Ra rave? Rage? It was all the rage. Uh, all the kids loved it. No, nobody gave a shit about Tetris. Uh, none of my friends did. And I, I remember, I don't know if it was right away when Tetris came out, but it was like hot immediately. Like people were obsessed and, and addicted. And I just, I like the game. That's why I got it. So I decided to go ahead and look up the uh, Tetris instruction booklet for this episode. <laughs> it's it's pretty amusing because um, you would think that a game like Tetris would need, you know, virtually no explanation whatsoever. But the instructions really do break down every little detail, you know, on how to play, how it works, a diagram of the screen, the different blocks. The other thing to talk about is how the Tetris pieces have names the did you guys know that the shapes in tetris they have a name it's like tetronimos or something like that <laughs> um i did not know that tetris was the word for a sequence in the game a tetris is when you clear four lines at once huh and these names come from the instruction manual now i don't remember if this i believe this is the nes instruction manual because there are colors involved but Tetris pieces are comprised of four squares in different arrangements. So there's one that looks like an L, and it's called Orange Ricky. There's one that looks like an L flipped on the vertical axis, and it's called a Blue Ricky. There's one that looks like a Z, and it's called a Cleveland Z. And there's one that looks like a Z flipped on the horizontal axis, and it's called a Rhode Island Z. The straight line, that's just four boxes in a row, is called Hero. The T-looking one is called Tiwi. And the square is called Smash Boy. I gotta say, whoever came up with these names, perfection. No notes whatsoever. I love them. 
They're crazy. They make basically no sense. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland Z is the Z piece. Rhode Island Z is the S piece. <laughs> Hero is the long piece. Tiwi is the T piece. And, <laughs> and Smash Boy is the square. <laughs> Smash Boy might be the best, but they're all insane other than hero whatever i think those should be canon top notch naming convention those are now canonized the objectives of the game so there is an a and a b game it does explain how to uh do the game link uh with the two game boys to play two player which is uh useful i suppose and you can even pick different music and uh even out a you know select uh different music i guess but why would you want different music i mean this this Tetris music is classic. It's beautiful. But still, I mean, it's nice to have options. Comes with a 90-day limited warranty and technical support numbers that probably don't work anymore, I assume. Oh, I forgot to mention, I think you could turn off the next piece view also if you want. So, like, you could play blind um, where you just, <laughs> if you really wanted to do that. I know you could do it in the NES. I forgot if you could do it on the Game Boy or not. But uh, anyway. But one thing I thought was interesting that I'll go and read here is there is... Something at the beginning that says, what is Tetris? So I'm going to go ahead and read that for you all. Tetris is a new type of puzzle game from the Soviet Union. It's really simple to play. Seven different shaped blocks fall down the game field one after the other. The object of the game is to keep the blocks from piling up to the top of the game field. To do this, you can move the blocks to the left and right and rotate them as they fall. If you can completely fill in one horizontal line, that line disappears and you get points. If the blocks pile up to the top of the game field, that's the end of the game. Tetris is simple, easy to understand, and difficult to drag yourself away from. True story. Tetris originally came from the word tetra, meaning the number four. By rearranging four squares, you can make up seven different shapes which are the pieces in this game. With the Game Boy, you can play three types of games. Endurance Game A, Game B where you play for the highest score at the 25th line, and a two-player game where you can connect to another Game Boy. A game is um, normal Tetris. Uh, you can start at any level and just clear as many lines as you can before the space starts filling up and you panic more and more until eventually you get a game over. Uh, B game is to get the most points out of 25 lines. That was actually kind of fun. It was good if you wanted a quick Tetris fix, but no, you shouldn't be playing it for two hours. Okay, so the game is pretty simple. You stack shapes as efficiently as possible. In fact, I do this all the time in my everyday life. I was at uh, Costco the other day, um, and I was arranging items in my cart, and I'm like, hey, let's you know arrange these as efficiently as possible, right? So you put the big boxes to the back of the cart, and then you kind of slide in the smaller boxes around it. And I never got that high in the scoring or level in Tetris. I mean, some of these people are insane with how fast everything went, but... For me, it was the story-based games. I would play those when I had a lot of time, but it was just a few 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. I would just pop in Tetris, and I would just play for a little bit, see how far I would get, and then when we had to pack up and go, all right, great. I I really didn't feel like I was losing anything because I wasn't really competing with anybody. Again, my friends gave zero f***s about Tetris. It's such a brilliant design because it's something that you know, people do sort of regularly in their everyday lives. But I suppose Tetris is a really good analogy for life and how people perceive themselves in the world. Your successes disappear, but your failures stack up in your mind until you can't take them anymore and you just crash and air out. Every time you make a full line, it's gone. You can't win Tetris. It's a success but it's immediately gone from your mind and you're on to the next series of problems. And they just mount and mount and mount. And, you know, they never give you what you need. It's always the opposite of what you need. You, you always need like the blocks or even better, the straight line. And sometimes you get lucky or you've strategically placed all of your problems to where you can wipe out four of them at once. Never mind the other 16 still on screen. But as soon as that dopamine hits, it's gone. And you're on to the next one. I don't <laughs> I don't particularly care for it because uh, it is really just shapes falling. <laughs> just... 
It almost, I feel like it almost transcends video games. I think it, it's Tetris is a good, it's like a crossword puzzle or like Sudoku or like chess or something. There's not that much to it for me. Um, I, I, if I'm going to play a puzzle game, I'd like there to be more, I don't know, structured puzzle to it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the straight line Tetronimo is going extinct. It's endangered and we need to save it. The music of Tetris, I've gone back and I've listened to it and I remember it and I do remember it fondly. This Tetris music is classic. It's beautiful. On the Game Boy, there are three musical options for what you can listen to. But, you know, just sitting here listening to it, uh, if I listen to it for too long, it's going to drive me crazy. This is also off, like you can have the music off. But now on the Game Boy, the music options are called A-type, B-type, and C-type. I think of the the three main music themes you'd be listening to. It was what, type type A, type B, type C, or or something like that. Now A-type is probably the one most people associate with the game Tetris. Based on a poem by Nicole... Nikolai uh, Nekrasov. Nekrasov? And it is an arrangement of a song called Korabianiki. Entitled Korabianiki. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that, but it's a Russian song. From 1861. And that's your standard... So, hopefully someone just edits in the music here. The first one, the default, type A was very it always made made me think of mother russia now b type also has a russian feel to it but it's actually an original piece by hirokazu tanaka the composer for this game uh who most people might know as hip tanaka he has done a ton of video game music over the years uh he did duck hunt balloon fight metroid kid icarus mother earthbound famicom detective club tetris golf dr mario he is a uh, an old school VGM wizard, Hip Tanaka. The B music has a quick, almost like Western feel. And C type is actually a, an arrangement of JS Box French Minuet Number no. Three. Now, this one I don't have right off the top of my head like the other two, mostly because I like to use the A-type and B-type more, and because the third music in the NES is just so much more memorable than this minuet. Uh, the other two, they're all right, but uh, type A, A-type, whatever it was. The, the the first one, default music, that's, that's my jam. Now, there have been about 4,000 versions of Tetris, so I'm not going to go into every version with every type of music that exists, but... I do want to just quickly, because the NES version was out at the same time, go through the music options for the NES, uh, which I probably played just as much as I played the Game Boy. If I listen to it for too long, it's going to drive me crazy. But while I was playing the game, I don't think it was bothering me because it wasn't just sitting here preparing for a podcast and listening to the music. I was actually trying to concentrate and not fail the level with all the blocks stacking up too quickly. So more just background noise, I guess, at that point. On the NES, they were called Music 1, Music 2, and Music 3. And Music 1 was actually an arrangement of Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker Ballet. Music 2 was the same as Music B, but obviously rearranged for nest drivers, so it had a little more oomph to it. And then we get to Music 3, which may be one of the greatest 
NES musical tracks ever crafted. This is another Hip Tanaka original composition. It has almost like an underwater sort of platformer world feel to it. Almost like if uh, there was like an underwater... uh... Oh, hey, you know what kind of sounds like? Metroid. Yeah, that makes sense. Crade's Lair. Yeah, since he wrote that, probably probably makes sense. Anyway, reportedly, and I'm going off of uh, <laughs> I'm going off of secondhand reports here, but reportedly, um, if you were put on hold while calling Nintendo in the late '80s, uh, this would be the hold music. So it wasn't too bad, but not the classic soundtrack that I love in a block game. One other difference between the NES and the Game Boy version is that in the NES, when your blocks got to a certain point, like 75% of the screen was filled up and and you had nowhere to go, Um, the music would actually uh, increase in speed by, I don't know, 50% or something like that. So instead of it being dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, it would start going dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, just to, you know, further uh, add to the stress of trying to get these blocks in the right place. It's more just background noise, I guess, at that point. If you're a fan of this podcast and want to keep this show going, help support us on Patreon, where you can unlock tons of great content like early access to ad-free episodes, behind-the-scenes clips, extended cuts, blooper reels, bonus episodes, and a chance to pick the game we play next. Join our 1UP Mushroom League, our exclusive DK Island Club, or the Hylian Royal Family with the power of the Triforce. Just head on over to patreon.com slash the Super Switch Club. Link is in the show notes. The word bad means not good. And the word ass means in contexts where it's not referring to a literal donkey, well, you know. And yet when we put these two words together, synergy happens, we reverse the polarity, and bam, badass. And that's where our new iHeartRadio podcast, Badass of the Week, comes in. I'm Ben Thompson. And I'm Dr. Pat Larish. And every week we're telling stories of the most badass figures in history, mythology, and even fiction. These are tales of ninjas, pirates, Vikings, scientists, and explorers full of guts, glory, and everything in between. And even the occasional badass dog. You mean like Goofy? I'm not talking about Goofy. I'm talking about Sergeant Stubby. I'm talking about war hero dogs. I'm talking about a bear named Wojtek that carried artillery shells for the Polish artillery during World War II. Nazi fighting walking bears. This is the show. Listen to Badass of the Week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. played a lot of Tetris in my days. Now, Tetris is one of those games that transcends gaming. My wife loves to play different Tetris-style games. Everyone and their grandmas played it or continues to play Tetris. I mean, also, part of it is that like, I, I will literally fall asleep playing Tetris because it is the f-ing most boring game I could possibly imagine. Uh, so I played some Tetris on the Game Boy, and I, I enjoyed playing some Tetris on the Game Boy. I didn't do very well. I think my high score was like 57,000 or something. I never really got super into it. It was a good time killer when I had my Game Boy, but that was about it. But look, I'm not here to shit on Tetris either. It is wildly popular. But yeah, I intended to play like one round. I ended up playing for like an hour and a bit. Uh, Tetris remains a very good video game. I had it on Nintendo, never on Game Boy because I didn't see a point in owning it on Nintendo and Game Boy. I had Tetris on the Game Boy. I played it all the time. This may have come with your Game Boy when you when you purchased your Game Boy. I'm not really the Tetris player in the house. Uh, my girlfriend, Jess, plays a lot of Tetris 99 on the Switch. Uh, like every couple of months, she'll hop back into it. I can remember going on road trips with my parents and just trying by the, the light of the streetlights at night, trying to see my Tetris screen. You, it was, you, can, you couldn't see that thing at night or in the sun. 
again, how did any of us play the Game Boys uh, back then? Like, no wonder we're, we all have vision problems these days, right? And all the players that remain in that game are all like Tetris wizards. But like on her third round, she'll be like, oh, yeah, I won. Yeah, she's she's really good at Tetris. Started off with the original Game Boy version when I got a Game Boy probably back in 1980. I think I got mine in like 89, I want to say. Played a lot of Tetris because that was the pack-in game. My first Game Boy actually did not come with Tetris. So I had that until I picked up Super Mario Land. Mine came with Super Mario Land? Uh, or something like that. Right? Land was on Game Boy? But uh, I, after that, I got Tetris for the NES. Yeah, it's there. It's out there in the world. In high school, we installed Tetris on our graphing calculators so we could do that when we were bored in class. I played this for about an hour and a half the other day and got very invested. Maybe too much. Uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of Tetris. I can see why my parents never bought me a Game Boy now. My first exposure to Tetris was on an Amiga. If you listen to the Nostalgia Game Boy handheld episode and they didn't cut me out, then uh, you'll have heard me say that I didn't have any Game Boys um, handheld things, which is what we're playing Tetris on for this episode. And Tetris is fun, right? Not bad. It had like, you know, little scenes of, of Russia in the background. Oh, let's see. Oh, some of my uh, favorite characters and stories from the game. I mean, I I love that I had to travel around collecting uh, six golden coins, get into what used to be my, my former castle and take down my evil brother, who isn't really my brother, but he's got a W. No, wait, that's Super Mario Land 2. But, you know, fundamentally, you're just twisting shapes around and dropping them down, so... Oh, I remember. Yes. Uh, I wash up on shore on this uh, island after getting caught in a storm. I'm rescued by a girl named Marin, and then I embark on a quest to collect the eight instruments of the sirens and awaken the legendary wind fit. No, wait, that's Link's Awakening. There's, there's, there's no guns. There's no story. Is this one where I'm want to be the champion of the, of the in, Indigo League? And I got to beat the other gym leaders? By making my animals fight their animals in a questionable sport that people, families, and critics may find disturbing? Nah, it was Pokemon, and that that was an awesome game, too. There's no shapely, hot, evil witches. It's It's got nothing for me. I, I can also remember playing Tetris on, like, like, Flash versions of Tetris on the PC at school. And I, I recently, I think for Christmas last year, Corey got me Tetris Attack. Uh, Corey my, is my partner slash fiance on the SNES. And that was, that's one of my favorite SNES games. Um, I couldn't get the two player to work on the Switch, which was disappointing because I really wanted to play with my mom. Um, so instead, I had mom play it. So there's this joke that uh, everyone's grandma played Tetris growing up, and I'm here to tell you that it's 100% accurate. Gates made of four colored blocks like a T or a box come down like falling bricks. You can place them in rows, but everybody knows that they made this game for chicks. Hey. Mom just loves to flip and stack. Flip and stack. Grandma says this shit is like crack. Well, it is. She said she had played it before, but she hadn't realized that you could actually rotate the shapes to fit into the space. She had just been trying to fit the shapes into each other as they came down. So she was doing it like... The, the hardcore way. Uh, my mom f- loves Tetris. But I guess I would say my fondest memory of Tetris is that I would get in, even my mom knew how to play Tetris. She would play Tetris. She would be like, let me see your Game Boy. My stepmom's mom used to love playing Tetris and Dr. Mario. In fact, we had the combo cartridge on Super Nintendo and that was her jam. She would kick everyone's asses at those games. Our whole family, basically. Um, So this was a little bit harder on a Switch controller for someone who doesn't play video games because there are now too many buttons. She was super good at Tetris. I believe the Game Boy just had the directional arrows and two buttons. Is that right? But yeah, it it came to the Amiga, so I played it on there. Um, So now Mum has four directional buttons or a joystick to move the pieces and a choice of three buttons to rotate the shapes. She would get the rotate and the directional, mostly the down button, um, confused a lot and would slam a piece down unintentionally in the wrong spot. 
but this just made us laugh. And we would have competitions to see who could get the highest score. She would go for 10 levels, I would go for 10 levels. A fair bit of the time is spent looking at the controller to get the buttons right. And she was happy just to let the shape slowly fall down into place rather than um, to use the faster down button. Often I'll spin the piece the wrong way at the last second or get overconfident and do the speed drop. And then it just clearly I didn't have it lined up right. So it lands somewhere else. So yeah, I guess maybe what I'm learning through this podcast is that spatial awareness is not my skill sets. Mum got nine lines on her first go. Not too bad for a first time. A second time she picked the B music to go along with it. The B music has a quick, almost like Western feel. It wasn't too bad, but not the classic soundtrack that I love in a block game. Uh, this music, though, must have helped because she got 13 lines on her next play and was swearing and looking at the controller a lot less. Uh, she usually beat me, but I was able to beat her sometimes as well. And that's just a really fun memory. It was pretty fun watching her play and laugh at mistaking the down button for the rotate button. My console gaming is limited to Game Boy and the NES. Because uh, just like Doug, when a lot of this other cool stuff was coming out, I was busy adulting. And all of my other gaming has been on the PC, so I'm old. I don't know that much about the history of uh, of Tetris. As we mentioned last time, the Game Boy first debuted to Western audiences in 1989 and was bundled with Tetris. So Tetris has a pretty wild history. The game was first invented in 1984 by a Russian computer programmer living in the Soviet Union named Alexei Pashinov. Pashinov. Uh, the game was actually created by Alexei Pajetinov. Pashinov. Pajetinov. Pajinov. Uh, who was trying to recreate his favorite uh, childhood game where you had to put these petronomes, which are five block pieces, uh, together to form a rectangle. But that only had one solution, so he developed Tetris to create a game that was different every time he played it. The game would eventually go on to sell over 35 million copies. And that led to the Tetris craze that continues to this day. Tetris holds the Guinness World Record for the most ported piece of software in history. Uh, I won't get into how the Guinness World Re Book of World Records is kind of bullshit, but, like, what about Doom? I know there's been a, a bit of dispute about uh, where it came from, who owns it. I mean, the real story of Tetris isn't really the game itself, though. It's the story of how it was licensed for the Game Boy. Yeah, I don't really have a whole ton to say because it's, it's Tetris, dude. Everyone knows what Tetris is. Uh, so I googled Tetris fun facts and I ended up on Tetris.com. Fun facts about Tetris. So I'll just read a couple of these, I guess. As a Soviet Union creation during communism, the nation held all the rights to the game. Beyonce Knowles says she liked Tetris while growing up in a March 2009 issue of Entertainment Weekly. But eventually the game caught the eye of a Robert Stein who was working with Andromeda Software, uh, I believe in England. Tetris has been mentioned on many popular television shows, including The Big Bang Theory, Revenge, and The Office. And so Stein, interested in the game, sent a fax to the Soviets expressing an interest in the game, which was returned with a mutual interest in executing a license for Stein. But due to the language barrier, the Soviets did not intend to officially license the game, and they didn't know that a fax could be treated as a legal contract in most of the Western world. But regardless, Stein went out and started licensing the hell out of the game. Although he eventually realized he should probably get a more formal agreement in place, and so he went back to Russia, got that, uh, and it was licensed for all current and future computer systems. The Tetris game has been used in over 30 scientific studies, ranging from its effects on PTSD and brain efficiency to treating amblyopia, lazy eye, and controlling diet and other cravings. Eventually, the Japanese rights to Tetris ended up in the hands of Bulletproof Software uh, and its owner, Hank Rogers. Rogers had close ties to Nintendo, and when he learned of the Game Boy, he sought to obtain the handheld rights from Stein. But Stein was evasive on the issue with Rogers, and eventually Rogers just jumped on a plane to Russia to negotiate the license directly with the Soviets. A fully playable recreation of the 1984 version of the Tetris game was on display in New York City's Museum of Modern Art, MOMA. And little did he know when he arrived in Russia that Stein and Kevin Maxwell, who was the president of Mirosoft, who had the European license for Tetris, had also arrived to meet with the Russians separately on the same exact day. 
The Tetris company presented the game as a gift to MOMA in recognition of the Tetris game's achievement in interactive design. Why do they keep on referring to the Tetris game? Is it because there's the Tetris company and they gotta like, you gotta differentiate between the two, I guess? So as they're all meeting with the Russians separately, Rogers presented the Russians with a copy of Tetris from for the NES as a gift, the port that his company had been working on in Japan. The game show Jeopardy challenges contestants with incorrect Tetris fact, which is quickly brought to light by fans on social media. There's not a date or anything on this. But, oh, okay, oh, it was a tweet on October 7, 2019. The seven rotatable blocks used in this video game have names like Orange, Ricky, Hero, and Smash Boy. <laughs> what? The Russians were surprised, thinking they had only licensed Tetris for PCs. And eventually they discovered the legal quagmire that had been created and went back to Stein to get a new contract that better defined the license to only be for personal computers, and then negotiated a console and handheld rights license to Rogers and Nintendo. And that's how the rights ended up in Nintendo's hands, and we got a port of Tetris to the Game Boy. You think there's more Tetris or more Doom? Tetris is probably like simpler to code. It's Tetris. And I learned most of that by a video from the gaming historian I watched years ago, but it's also covered pretty pretty closely in the new Tetris movie that's out on Apple TV. Watch the movie on Apple. But if you want to learn more of the true story about the game, I highly recommend checking out the new Tetris movie. I know we got that Tetris movie coming out. Tetris? Tetris. 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 It's the perfect game. I know the, the movie goes into a bit more detail about it. And I remember when the Tetris movie was announced, we were all like, how are, how are they going to turn Tetris into a movie? This is going to be trash. Which I'm glad the movie is about the game and it's not like, you know, Battleship where they tried to make the game a movie because I don't know how you would make make a Tetris game into a movie about blocks. They, that's a boring f***ing movie. Sorry. And then, of course, it turned out to be, you know, uh, more of a documentary or a uh, docudrama than... <laughs> some weird Tetris sci-fi movie. I still see falling blocks in my dreams. It's poetry, art and math, all working in magical synchronicity. It's, it's the perfect game. I don't get it. There's a movie about Tetris, which uh, people tell me is good. I'm never going to watch it because people also told me the game was good. <laughs> Oh, that's not true. I'm pretty sure the movie's good, and I'm pretty sure I'm watching it. Um, but couldn't couldn't resist being snarky. It's a combination of tetra, Greek for four, and tennis. Tennis. The Russian inventor, he likes tennis. Hazel. Yeah. This game isn't just addictive. It stays with you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Hank, only ten other people in the world have seen what you're about to see. It's called the Game Boy. Package it with Tetris. Can you get us the rights? This movie was incredible. It was awesome. Especially since they took a somewhat niche story about a copyright issue and managed to make it extremely captivating, emotional, and riveting. When it easily could have been super dry, convoluted, and boring in the wrong hands. And probably the best thing about that movie is Taron Edgerton plays Hank Rogers and absolutely carries the movie, which is no surprise because if you've seen like Rocket Man or any of the Kingsman films, this dude is amazing as an actor. And I'm surprised he doesn't get more work than he already does. The Soviet Union had worldwide rights. Nothing gets out easily. I'm going to go to Moscow. You're walking into a country that still considers America enemy numero uno. Okie dokie. You sure you don't have to talk to your wife about this first? Pioneers have to bet the house to win. But not literally. Every single actor not only did an outstanding job, but they actually looked like the real people they were based on. Oh, and a really fun surprise is that Stein was played by Armin Zola himself, Toby Jones. The movie's score was incredible, of course, pulling from those classic Tetris themes. Listen. This is the inventor of Tetris. Your game is brilliant. I'm gonna make you a millionaire. Mr. Rogers, have you ever negotiated with the Soviets? We're here for Tetris. What do you say? I don't speak Russian. <laughs> and the pixelated graphics used to establish characters and settings were a really clever framing device that kept the pace of the movie going. It's a really heartfelt story with some pretty intense beats, 
that not only does justice to the story, but also manages to work as a metaphor for the end of the Cold War and the decline of the Soviet Union. But yeah, the movie primarily just tells the history of the Tetris license. Uh, it goes a little bit more in depth here and there. Uh, it has some really cool like Nintendo and pixel art effects that go on throughout the movie. Uh, but it does add this new like subplot with a KGB agent who's trying to cut a deal for himself which I can only assume was added to add a little bit more tension to the whole situation. With some not-so-subtle foreshadowing to the corrupt corporate-minded capitalist machinations inside the KGB that would later lead to Putin's rise to power. The most powerful man in Communist Party is watching you and your family. Do you know where your husband is? What the hell is going on? The world is changing, and Soviet Union will not be left behind. You want to play with the big boys? This is how the world works. Where is my money? This is insane. We can't protect you. Sometimes you gotta forget the rules. But it's a really fun movie. If you really enjoy the kind of old history of games licensure, uh, or just this really interesting story about Tetris. It was an intense thrill ride story that I never would have thought of or guessed, but makes a lot of sense behind a lot of the, the pressure of the story. This is criminal. The Soviet Union is about to implode. They're lying. Everybody's lying. Go home. The cavalry is coming. We don't have time. I have a plan. Oh, come on. You guys are the kings of cliffhangers. Not the bad. I honestly don't know why they didn't just drop this one in theaters. Well, I guess it was probably because they wanted to sell their streaming service, and to their credit, it kind of worked on me. <laughs> I legit already have pretty much every other streaming service out there. Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, Paramount, uh, Peacock, Amazon Prime, and HBO Max. Not to mention my digital collection of over a thousand movies on Vudu that I've been building up for like the past decade. But what the heck, I can pay $7 a month and forget to cancel for the next several months. It's fine. I, I would absolutely check it out. Seriously though, someone needs to make an app that combines all the other apps. You know, one app to rule them all. A master ring to control all others. One ring to rule them all. <sighs> It's super addicting and has been popular for decades. Um, I played for about, I want to say, half an hour, maybe an hour. I cleared nine uh, B-Type 9.5, which gives you a congratulations screen, which I uh, forgot about. I'm sure I did it when I was younger. One interesting thing about Tetris, and as it was ported by various different companies, because if you go back through the history, the rights go through like nine different companies for different consoles and arcade and PC. But one thing that everybody seemed to do was really appreciate that this was a Russian creation. And as a result, it has a lot of Russian themes in like its art style, as well as in the music. Hey, there is a really good article about the, the competitive world of Tetris. It's an article from last year I read. It was on Polygon. If you Google Teen Tetris Polygon, it'll come up. The name of the article is something like, let's see here. Teens are rewriting what is possible in the world of competitive Tetris. It's really fascinating. This is coming from someone who just spent a few minutes describing how I really do not care for Tetris. I loved this article, uh, it was a really fascinating insight into the world of competitive Tetris and how it was mostly dominated by kind of Gen Xers, which which tracks, that would make sense, and then really got taken over by, by Gen Z very quickly. All the competitions are played on old school original hardware, which I think makes it for kind of a fascinating aspect of the game and uh, I won't spoil the article but that that part of it comes into play but yeah I, I cleared B type uh, level um, speed 9 uh, level 5 and then I went on to A type and I ended up with a score of about 176,000 about 152 lines which isn't spectacular but um, 
Uh, I only had about a half hour to play, so <laughs> I'm not sure what my record is, but I'm pretty sure I got into the 20s uh, when I was younger. So. so yeah, I would recommend, even if, like me, you realize that Tetris is just not that great of a game, um, go ahead and check out that article. That's pretty fun. It's, you know, it's clearly it's clearly a super addicting game. It's It's got to be one of those games that's been made for literally every platform. Oh, yeah, there are a couple of Tetris spin-offs that uh, Pajitnov made. He made Welltris, where you're, you're looking down the well and kind of throwing the Tetris pieces in. Speaking of, Tetris really spawned a whole genre of puzzle games and ripoffs. There's been lots of Tetris knockoffs over the years, you know. Tetris has kind of inspired a lot of different games that are kind of like that, like uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Like Dr. Mario, Pokemon Puzzle League, and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine for the Sega Genesis. I'll continuously go back and play Tetris, but I'm not, I'm not playing that f***ing Dr. Mario or that Yoshi f***ing game Mario spin, whatever. D- those, no, those those suck. Awful. Or Dr. Mario. Tetris Attack or Puzzle League comes to mind. I f***ing love Puzzle League. It's so much fun. Stop it. Just go play Tetris. There was uh, faces where you have a picture of a face and then the face, like chunks of them fall from the sky and you have to line them up Tetris style to uh, form the correct face. In fact, growing up, I had this awesome game on Game Boy called Pack Attack, which was basically a Pac-Man Tetris mashup. Highly recommend. And of course, uh, my favorite, there is Hatris. It is like Tetris, except for you drop a bunch of hats on uh, six people's heads. 3D Tetris on Virtual Boy apparently had a 3D cylindrical interface that you would rotate. And I don't know, I don't know how it works. One of the most interesting and unique Tetris games I remember was Tetris Sphere on the Nintendo 64, which is both exactly how it sounds and equally impossible to describe. Y'all ever play Tetris Sphere for the N64? That was that was okay. Or like like Puyo Puyo Tetris? That's pretty fun. That one that was actually good. Tetris Sphere kind of sucks, but um, there's other versions of Tetris where it tells you the next three or four blocks, which is more helpful. But what do you know? Or what can you do about it? And then we have the incredibly addictive Tetris 99 on the Nintendo Switch, where you play competitively against other players online. 99 to be exact. And then Tetris 99, which launched with, a, I believe it launched with the Nintendo Switch online, uh, which who would have thought was a Tetris Battle Royale. The style reminds me a lot of Pac-Man Championship Edition with the neon techno aesthetic. Uh, and it kind of took over Twitch for a while. Tetris 99 is makes me want to have a panic attack. It's frantic, but super fun, just like Mario 35 was. Tetris 99, for those that don't know, if you have Switch Online, it's free. You should try it. Um, basically, you have to face off against 99 other people, or 98 other people, uh, in a battle of Tetris. I don't think I've ever played multiplayer Tetris other than Tetris 99, come to think of it. Man, I miss Mario 35. You know, I've, I've also played Tetris Effect. We've got Tetris Effect, which recently came out, that has a real cool, like, 3D effect to it. Which is amazing. Oh, Tetris Effect too. That game looks pretty cool. And Tetris Effect is like a um, a spiritual journey, so I recommend that as well. With its awesome music, I don't think that's free, but I don't think it's that expensive either. So look into that. Like just last week, I saw someone posting how they had gotten Chat GPT four to write a version of Tetris with just a handful of commands of just describing, you know what the basics of the game was gonna should be as far as tetris proper games there have been some interesting variations over the years including but not limited to tetris 2 super tetris tetris blast tetris attack 3d tetris for the virtual boy tetris jr tetris tetris the grandmaster tetris tetris mania tetris evolution tetris party deluxe on tetris on nintendo switch online most of these are the same basic game and mechanics but with different platforms better colors and graphics and occasionally some new tweaks modes and features there's a lot of it there's a all the Tetris, all the Tetri, so many Tetri. Probably any device you're wearing right now, you could play Tetris on it, so that's fun. Yeah, Tetris, it's got a legacy, that video game. Hey, 
Anyway, I think I've talked about Tetris long enough. And I still have Tetris on the Game Boy. And in fact, I fired it up the other day just for fun. Overall, Tetris, you know what? It's a fun block building game. Hey, if you love Tetris, more power to you. That's great, you know? One last time, I just want to mention, Tetris is a great game, amazing idea. I don't claim to be very good at Tetris, but it's just something that's easy to pick up and play and put down. And even if you lose, you don't necessarily feel too bad about yourself because it's Tetris. Yeah, it's a very simple game. It's a lot of fun if you're just wanting to kill time. Uh, but th other than that, it's that's all it is. It's really a time killer. To those of you that put hours upon hours into it to get the highest score and complete the most levels, kudos to you. I never played it like that. I, it was just a quick little game here and there uh, when I was growing up playing on the Game Boy. And, uh, it seems that Tetris is still fun for young and old. Best game we've played so far. Suck it, Banjo-Kazooie. But occasionally it's, it's a fun throwback here and there on my NES Classic when I want to sit down and see how bad I am at stacking blocks. Even on a black and green screen? I think it's green after 30 plus years. Well, that's all I have for Tetris. And I appreciate you tolerating me during the Super Switch Club for my first entry. That's all I really got. Go play Tetris. Hopefully I'll be able to do more when there are, are Game Boy and NES titles. Play the Tetris effect. It's really chill. Okay. So uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you all very much. Um, I don't have much more to say about Tetris other than that it is absolute classic game. It's still really fun. It completely sucks you in. And I had a great time. Yeah. Go watch the Tetris movie on Apple+. Plus. Go Tetris. And see you next episode. Um, what do we get coming up? And next time we'll be tackling WarioWare for the Game Boy Advanced. WarioWare, that is a thing. Uh, I can give you no input on WarioWare because I did not own a Game Boy Advance. Uh, by the time that that came out, uh, much like Doug, I was adulting at the time and didn't, didn't really have that. WarioWare. We'll see you next time on the Super Switch Club. I don't, how do you how do you guys wrap up Super Switch Club? Yeah, you, you don't you, you don't say until next time. You know, podcasters as, assemble. Um, you don't beam off like you're on too young for this trip. What do you what do you? I forget what we do. We just fade away. We unplug the cartridge. All right. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna power down. The power down noises. It's not what a Game Boy sounds like. Game Boy, you just flick off and goes clunk. I'm a f***ing idiot. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. All the Tetris, all the Tetri, so many Tetri. The, the game with the blocks in it. It's gone.